Hello and welcome to All Villa No Filler, a podcast all about Aston Villa, the world's greatest football team. Stevie G, I'm calling him that already, does it again to make it two wins from two as Villa dispatch Crystal Palace. We'll get to that in a moment, while later in the show it gets a little hot in All Villa No Filler HQ with Frankie's spicy question. But before Frankie poses me that volcanic question, it's time I check up on him. Frankie, last time we spoke, you'd finally found a lovely new place to live in, with the unfortunate caveat of having a Birmingham City supporter as a neighbour. How is that going? And will you call a Christmas truce in a few weeks? Well, I I have left one of my 500 Stephen Gerrard cardboard cutouts (laughs) outside his door. They love that. Um, Yeah, uh, I'm renting this flat and I've applied for planning permission to expand the flat because... (laughs) I just have so many of the cardboard cutouts now. Um, may have got a bit drunk and carried away last week when ordering them. Is there now a worldwide Stevie G cardboard cutout shortage? <laughs> they're, they're blaming it on the supply chains, but strangely, actually, no, it's me. I over-ordered. Uh, <laughs> they all arrived on time. It was a problem. <laughs> yeah, it's, like, it's like that film being John Malkovich. You just see the mask of Gerard everywhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll just plant them around the whole like block of flats everywhere. People walk down like, <laughs> or it'll be this? like you know in um, is it Matrix Revolutions where there's like a million um, <laughs> Agent Smiths just around yeah. the around the world. Like people are like, what the hell? Even yeah. Gerard's everywhere, and all these cardboard cutouts jumping on top of Neo <laughs> yeah. on that Birmingham City fan next door, just like <laughs> you can't escape them. Mr. Anderson, surprised to see me. I, th- I do a good impression of Agent Smith. That's one of my one of my better ones. That that is very good. Mr. Anderson was missing for uh, Crystal Palace today, wasn't he? He was. They desperately <laughs> needed Neo to stop that ball flying into the net. That John McGinn shot. Wow, it was like a bullet. Yeah, I know. I know. Incredible. Um. Well, well, I'm well. I'm glad. I'm glad. It seems to be okay with uh, with you and your neighbour. Yeah. Still, he still doesn't look me in the eye. I think he's. I mean, imagine being either he's intimidated or he just doesn't like Villa fans. And it's like, can you imagine being intimidated by me? I don't know, Frankie. You did grow up in Sully Hull, the mean streets of Sully Hull. So, so obviously you live in you live in London now, Frankie. Are you anywhere close to the uh, to uh, Selhurst Park? Where you live? I'm sort of in North London. Um, it's the the where the supposed metropolitan elite, as they're referred to <laughs> these days, for some reason. Um, yeah, I, I live in North London, so Crystal Palace is down in Croydon, so it's kind of a, it's a bit of a journey. But uh, well, I tell you, I tell you what, it was a shame. It was a shame you couldn't make it down to the game today because you know Villa two, Palace one, down at Sellers Park. Stephen Gerrard becoming the first Villa manager since John Gregory back in mm. 1998, in their first two Premier League games in charge. It was also just Villa's second win there at 41 years. It's crazy, really. But um, Frankie, let's let's talk about it now. How did you uh, how did you find the game? Wow, <laughs> that's it. That that's all I've got to say. Just end the podcast now. Uh, that's it. That's the tweet. <laughs> <laughs> that is my most annoying phrase on Twitter. It's so annoying. The late, the best <laughs> thing to happen on Twitter.com. Just you know those oh, those God, phrases. Yeah, yeah. Or the people you know when people post like a retweet and then they put this with that finger pointing. Oh, down. oh finger pointing oh down. Yeah, yeah. That's it. Oh, oh, this, yeah, oh get, this, get in the bin. Get in the oh, bin, actually. That's that's a yeah, yeah. <laughs> Get in the sea. Oh in the sea. God, we're just gonna walk in Twitter cliches now, aren't we? I know, it's um, terrible. Anyway, I mean Well, actually, I did tweet this afternoon about a very annoying phrase, which I always, always hear. 
mm. uh, in like football commentary parlance. It's um, whenever a tackle's made and it's like 50-50, someone will always have to say, well, you know, that's six of one, half a dozen of the other. <laughs> it's just like, oh God, I'm saying that. I've grown some affection for that phrase because it's just, made, it's such a bizarre phrase. Uh, also, they always get it wrong. There was like six, six in one or six of one, yeah, half a dozen yeah. in the other. It's like, oh man, yeah. not, not even saying it right. Yeah, six six one after the other. I, I, I swear I hadn't heard a commentator say that until about 10 years ago. And then I think one commentator said it. And all I could hear every game after that was, well, it's six of one and half a dozen of the other. Um, <laughs> there was a few six of one, half a dozen of the other challenges in this game. I thought yeah, it was quite, it was quite tempest, tempestuous. It was. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the referee, for some reason, would then wave it on, um, particularly when it was a foul on us. Um, yeah, go, it, it was, was no, six of one and half a dozen of the other. And it's like, you, you that definitely wasn't half from young there when he literally took him out or took out uh, Ollie Watkins. But uh, mm. yeah, I mean, look, I mean, the first half, the first half was arguably our best half of the season. Um, you know, so harsh part. Uh, Palace haven't been beaten there this season. They, they look improved under Patrick Vieira. Looking at them, they've got some dangerous players. I thought Conor Gallagher played well in the first kind of 15 minutes for them. But, you know, right at the start of the half, there was one moment when I think it was Tyreek Mitchell and Wilfred Zaha kind of had an overload on Matty Cash. And very rapidly, we dealt with it. We, we ensured that didn't happen again uh, in the game. And what I thought was, we looked as if we were very organised. We looked as if everyone knew exactly what their job was. Barely, didn't really give them a chance in the first half. They're very weak from set pieces. We scored from a set piece. Great finish from target. And every player was on it. Every single mm. one of them. Um, I could just rant, rant about it for hours, if, just hours, honestly. I mean, start from the back, you know, Martinez, uh, just a towering presence. Um, I thought Mings was an absolutely, was monumental in that first half. That tackle he put in on, uh, on Benteke. Uh, as he, I thought he was through there. Uh, that was a fantastic piece of defending him. Yet further evidence of what a presence he is and what a character he is. He improves the. He's the. He's someone who lifts players around him. It's not just his own personal performances. Target looked as good as he has. He looked like the target of last season. His forward yeah. passing was excellent. Lovely interchanges. And I tell you what, some interchanges he had with marvelous Nakamba. Somebody I don't normally associate with being a particularly great passer of the ball. I thought he did some really good stuff as well. So going forward, there were some really exciting interchanges. Um, I thought Ashley Young was excellent coming in there. Um, interesting. There, there were there were there were a few kind of eight raised eyebrows. Well, on, on Twitter anyway, when when it was announced, the, uh, you know he was he was starting. Um, mm. A lot of people saying, you know, he's he's past it. He's too slow. No. Sometimes I sometimes I do think there is this kind of ageist concept when it comes to when it comes to football players. It's it's kind of like well, he's you know he's he's the wrong side of thirty five or wrong side of thirty. Mm. He, he can't run anymore. It's like well, I mean, okay, yeah, right. He's he's not as young as he used to be, but he's still pretty quick and he's still yeah. pretty athletic and he's still extremely fit. And in this modern age, you know, footballers, they really, really do look after themselves. And Ashley Young is about as professional as you can get. Hmm. And, you know, he's, he's he can absolutely, absolutely do a job and he's, he's definitely a Premier League player. So um, I, I was, I was a little bit surprised by some of the reaction on Twitter to him starting. To be he's, he's exceptionally fit he's and he's exceptionally intelligent and experienced yeah. and, um, you know, two assists in a row, the corner today. Um, yeah. Again, as I say, him and Bailey coming in quite narrow, target and cash um, pushing forward on the wings. There was a lot to really like there. And something I loved as well, McGinn and Ramsey, both, I felt, were given very specific 
jobs of what to do defensively. It was almost like they had a zone where they had to mark. And so on in both halves, I felt that Michael Elise got the ball. Jacob Ramsey would be straight on him. So do you know mm. what? Michael Elise barely got near Matt Target. And you would be thinking Elise would be getting at Target, getting the ball in. He couldn't get near him for most of the game because Jacob Ramsey was closing him down so much. And then mm. on the other side, Wilfred Zaha, a really dangerous player, really good player. Um, and surprising that he was taken off, actually. But uh, he uh, McGinn was then covering him as well. So those two threats were really well nullified in the first half. So I th- there was just a lot to really like. A great goal from Matt Target as well. Um, I just I could talk up everybody from that first half, really, particularly Marvis Lacamba. I think overall he was man of the match. Um, some of the tackles he put in were excellent. Mm. He really read the game very well. Just just a big presence there in midfield, you know, for such a for, for a small guy. You know, he's not a physically big, imposing player, is he? But he was just kind of everywhere, and you've got to give him full credit for that. Um, second half, we switched it up a little bit. You know, they changed, they became more attacking. They got Eberichieze on, but uh, we um, went a bit more, um, we sort of switched to a bit of a 4 4 2 with Douglas Louise coming on. And again, we just held held our nerve. We were really, I thought, really solid. It's a shame we considered at the end. But, um, you know, we got our just rewards for holding out, being really solid, working hard because Anwar El Ghazi came on. Buendia came on and the two of them were involved for the goal. And again, it's the second week in a row where our substitutes have had a big say in how the game goes. And Buendia, lovely little flick through as soon as he came on for Watkins, who I thought should have scored. And then um, a lovely flick from Buendia again for El Ghazi, takes it on, passes it out to McGinn. And my goodness, oh, you beauty! What a hit that was. Yeah, it was a great goal, wasn't it? It's brilliant. I mean, I I, I would love to see McGinn getting into those kind of offensive positions. He does he does that for Scotland. He gets a bucket full of goals for Scotland. He's so influential in a more kind of offensive mm. uh, portion of the field. Uh, we know he can do it for Villa as well. When he, I think when he first joined, he was playing in a more kind of offensive uh, position and, and got some um, really important goals for us. Um, so I think, you know, having the Camber playing there as that kind of like sitting um, defensive midfielder. And and I, if I could just throw my hat in the ring and just say, you know, what a brilliant couple of games he's had under under Gerard. I really, really hope he can kind of cement that position because we talk about, you know, that being the area of the pitch that we need the most um, in terms of strengthening. Mm. And if and if he keeps playing like he's playing, you know, we don't necessarily need to sign a replacement in um, in in January. Uh, maybe he's a player that just needs confidence, needs to play in run of games, and he can uh, and he can be that guy. Yes, he's not physically imposing in terms of his stature, but you know, he was getting in really good positions, making some excellent uh, challenges. There was one I think when he was just outside the box, and Benteke was um, was lining up a shot, and he just put in this excellently timed challenge won mm. the ball back and we and we broke from that so if you can carry on playing like that then you know that's you know that's that's, that's exactly what we want to see um great I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm tempted to name my child if i ever have one after marvelous Nakama now <laughs> marvelous <laughs> well, mcguire works for me you said it now you've committed it on the podcast it's gonna happen. <laughs> but it was it was it was really good to see matt target score i know he's had his critics this season I think he, he himself, you know, he admitted after the Southampton defeat, he looked really defeated, didn't he? he was like, mm. you know, I, I haven't been good enough this season. I haven't been good enough this game. So really hope that gives him that confidence boost because he is a, he's a good player. And and hopefully under um, under sort of Gerard's tactics and formations, he can get into those attacking areas and and be in positions to, to score goals. Because I think that would be really kind of good for him and good for him kind of going forward. I think we mentioned at the end of last season what we wanted to see more of him 
was more assists, more goals if we if we could from both of our fullbacks. So if we can if we can do that, then again that's that's really good kind of going forward. Um, yeah, it's, I was worryingly close to my two all prediction at the end. It was uh, oh, it was a yeah, uh, yeah. you know I did get a little bit nervous just in the last minute when we conceded. I don't think Palace deserve to score. To no, be honest. It's they a didn't very have a shot on target until the seventy ninth no. minute. No, I mean we we talked about it at the end of the last episode, just how difficult it is to go to Selhurst Park. We said at the top of the show, what, second win in 41 years there? Yeah. Crazy. Mad. It's always been a difficult place to go. And we made it look pretty routine, to be honest. Um, you know, there were no nerves, really, aside from maybe the last minute. But um, but yeah, we were, we were thoroughly deserved to to get the three points. And um, yeah, long, long may it continue. The, the, only, the only gripe I would have is... We, again, we talked about this earlier, but some of the refereeing decisions were oh. bizarre. I mean, Ollie wow. in the in the penalty box, what what was it? Two, three times you could have mm. you could have you could have said that he could have had a penalty. I think particularly mm. the first the first, first one particularly two times first one definitely. Yeah, I'm just so surprised. You know, VAR dismissed it so so readily. Yeah, um, uh, but um, you know, I mean, this is this is another question as well. Obviously, Ings wasn't playing. Um, Watkins obviously up, up top on his own. Is that something you, you're happy to see going forward? I know you're a big fan of Watkins. I am yeah. as well, but would you would you continue with that? I think I would. Yeah, I mean, he's working so far. Watkins just, he's such a presence. You, I feel like you really notice him every game. And I just feel like he's, even if he's not having a great game, I still feel like he's he can score, you know? I think, to be honest, today wasn't his best game, actually. If I was to pick out someone and say, there were times he maybe didn't hold the ball up very well. Mm. Um, like the, when Benteke had that chance in the first half, that was from Oli losing it. Um, you know, uh, that, I'd say that was it, it was, wasn't his finest game, but I thought his movement was excellent. And to be honest, look, um, the first goal came about because of some excellent work he put in with some passing interchanges going forward mm. that then led to the corner that led to the goal. Um, so I, yes, I would always stick with Watkins. I don't think we needed really to replace him. I think we just needed a good backup for him in case he got injured. Mm. And uh, Ings, to me, doesn't strike me as someone who should be a backup, really, because um, he's such a high-quality player. But I just don't think Ings, in our in the way, style we play as a lone striker, is the man I'd have there um, ahead of Watkins. But um, who's to say that what you know Ings wouldn't come in and maybe get a chance in that position again and suddenly start scoring goals, you know, that's not, that that's not impossible. That could happen. But for now, I just think Watkins is the man for that role. I think he's really well suited to it. What would you say? Do you think Ings come, should come in at any point for, for Watkins? Or? It's, it's difficult, isn't it? I mean, the, the, the more I see how we're shaping up under Gerard, the more I think Ings, I'm not entirely sure where Ings kind of fits into how mm, we, yeah. how we play. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, um, it's 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 a bit concerning given the the money we obviously spent on Ings, but yeah, it's it it just doesn't seem like sort of he fits in. I, mean, I think clearly Gerard likes quite a fluid front three, quite lots of pace, lots of pressing at the top end of the pitch, which you know that's that is Ollie Watkins all over, mm. and he's he's just a great all round striker in terms of we know he's so capable of holding the ball up. He's so strong as well. He's so quick. He's he's just kind of the the, the kind of all round modern day striker. Mm. Whereas I think Ings is more of kind of like your traditional fox in the box. If you if you get the ball in in, in and around that area and it falls to him, 
you know, he, he, he's got the finishing ability to, to put it in the back of the net, but mm. he's not that kind of athletic, um, high press striker. He, he never, I don't think he really has been. So mm. yeah, it's difficult to see where he fits in at the moment, but Hey, listen, Watkins could get an injury. Um, and, and, you know, Ings could come in and stake a claim for it. But at the moment I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have him on the, on the pitch. Mm. No. It's interesting that Gerard brought in Bailey and Ashley Young to start. Um, that was a big call and it showed he's not afraid to make some big decisions. And also Watkins to start with Ings, um, you know, on the bench. That's quite a brave thing to do, you know, big money signing, big name like Ings. It shows Gerard's not really afraid to make calls like that. I thought Bailey had some really good moments in the game. Again, maybe not his best day out ever, but um, he's a bit of a wildcard player, isn't he, Bailey? You sort of feel like even if he's not at it, necessarily all the time he'll still do something where you'll be like right that's it that's made the difference today mm. you know? um so i think fundamentally i just think there was a lot to be really happy with from villa today defensively really solid going forward very exciting to watch in the first half particularly and i think that will just get better and better this season to the point where i just think wow i mean I, i'm looking forward to us winning the champions league next season now <laughs> that'd be nice wouldn't it all Villa, no filler on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. Welcome back, everybody. Now it's time for this. This is the part of the show where things heat up just a little bit. When the Spice Girls told us to spice up our lives, this is what I came up with. The spicy question where we cover the controversial topics and get the creative juices flowing. Today, George, I'm asking you about our French midfielder, Morgan Sanson. Nothing has really gone right for him at Villa yet. Is it time to cut our losses and let him go? It's a really difficult one to answer. I always want I mean, every Villa fan wants their signings to hit the ground running and do well and succeed at the club. But yeah, we just, it's just not going right for him at all. Um, and he's hes watched the likes of, you know, Jacob Ramsey come in and, and essentially sort of supersede him, replace him, overtake him. Meanwhile, he's sort of sat on the bench looking pretty grumpy. We, we said the other week that he looked really frustrated at the, you know, at the Emirates against Arsenal. He was sort of kicking water bottles, mm. and you just every every week, you know, you get you get the injury updates, don't you? And it's like, oh, Morgan Sanson, he's got the flu, or Morgan Sanson, he's picked up a knock, or Morgan Sanson, he got injured at Disneyland Paris. <laughs> it's like, how, like, how did you get? What that's happened? Not, apparently, you... that's not that's not true, but. <laughs> but it's nice, but it was, it's nice it was reported that he gained a knock on holiday or it was that's how it came across but that's uh right. it's, it's a nice thought isn't it it's, it's, it's almost like he was assaulted by goofy or something and, uh... <laughs> goofy just wanders up <laughs> two-footed challenge goofy immediately given like his marching orders like disciplinary yeah. <laughs> like goofy not goofy not again so, you know, I don't know what that was all about. Um, but yes, you're right. He was injured on holiday. I, I apologize if <laughs> there was some confusion over my Disneyland Paris comment. But um, yeah, it just what for whatever reason, it it's not it's not working out. 
he was signed. It, it was in January last year, wasn't he? I think yeah. January signings are always funny signings because the window is so short. There's always an element of sort of panic buying and not much planning behind them. Um, clubs are less willing to sell their players um, as as well. So you, you're thinking, you know, was he was he first choice? Did we did we maybe just sign him because we felt we we needed strengthening in that area of the pitch, and he was the only player that was available. Even though I know Marseille were loath to lose him and Villas-Boas eventually lost his job I think because of or, or quit because yeah. um, because Marseille decided to sell him I'm always one for giving him time I'd, I'd really like to see him given time and you know get back to fitness get back to you know a, a place where he can play but and under Gerard, you know who knows a new manager he might be given an opportunity but yeah at the moment it just seems like there's too much competition for places and whether he'll he will get a chance to to play we don't have a really a great track track record of signing players from Ligue 1. Do you remember like Vertu. going back fifty? There to Matthew Berson coming back yeah. about twenty years. Yeah, it's never really worked out. So I can I can definitely see you know maybe not in January but over the summer there might be that conversation where we do decide to part ways. But all I would say to that is I think it would be a massive shame because in the in the glimpses that we've seen him play, you know the League Cup game against Chelsea, he he's he's a talented player. So mm. I'd like to see him given an opportunity. Yes. Last season, um, I was quite excited by his signing. You know, I know Arsenal had been linked with him before. Uh, I remember reading that he was supposed to be a £30 million player, but um, there were so, there were some real financial issues in League 1 last season. It looked like the TV deals fell through and everything. So there were some cut price players available. And Morgan Sanson was a player that I think Villa looked at and apparently said, you know what, £15 million, just do it. Um, and so, you know, the fact that Marseille fans then protested very heavily about it, uh, Vias Boas quit his job because of it. Mm. You know, he, there's evidently a very um, good player there. Um, so, you know, from what we saw at Chelsea this season, um, before he got injured, and uh, last season there were a few glimpses as well in some games he played, that there's some, there is a player here. I wouldn't let him go at Christmas. Because I still think our centre midfield is our is an issue is still like an area I still fear a little bit for us. But I would like to see him get some game time soon, just so he can get a better sense of what he's all about. But where he comes in, um, he's he's probably in a similar role to McGinn. Mm. And I'm not sure you're getting ahead of McGinn at the moment, are you? No, no, def- definitely not. He's ba- he's basically I think he's basically waiting for us to have a sort of mini injury crisis in centre mid because as I say, where, where does he, where does he fit in? Yeah. He's, he's probably more suited to playing in that kind of John McGinn role. I think that's probably where he would prefer to play. Maybe kind of like a 10 ish type player. McGinn's not going anywhere anytime soon. And then we've got obviously Ramsey coming in doing so well. And then behind them, Luis can play, can play in a more offensive role. I mean, when he joined Villa, he was, he was certainly playing in a more offensive way and, and getting goals so he can play there. And um, yeah, so it's even, you know, our, our younger players like Chukwu Makers was on the bench. He could play up there. So you'd argue he's probably ahead of him as well. So it's um, it's a very, very difficult, um, difficult place for him at the moment. So it's a, it's a probably a wait and see. I do, yeah, I don't I do have a lot of sympathy for him because, um, you know, coming to a, a new country, a new footballing culture, uh, it's you know starting your life, a new life in a in a foreign city. Um, it's a lot to deal with personally, but then also you know COVID as well, mm. dealing with all that. 
And then also just these injuries he's getting. It's not like he wants to get injuries. He's just getting injured or he's just, just things aren't falling his way. Mm. Um, so I feel a lot of sympathy for him because, you know, there's evidently a talented player there who things just aren't working out for him. Um, I think, yeah, he's, he's on, he's on borrowed time at the moment with Villa, I think, but you know, who's to say there won't be an injury comes in, does a great job or he maybe just gets a start one week. As I said, you know, earlier that Gerard wasn't afraid to make some big calls mm-hmm. and maybe one week you'll look at Ramsey 20 years of age and think, all right, I'll give Ramsey a week off this week and put Morgan Sanson beside, uh, John McGinn and show me what you made of. We're coming up to kind of FA Cup season, aren't we, as well? So there'll be the opportunity in, in that cup competition yeah. to to give him a run out and um and and see what he see what he can do. Um but beyond it's just, you know, obviously it's a shame that we were knocked out of the League Cup because that would have been the opportunity again to get out and, and get some more minutes under the belt and try and impress Gerard. Yeah. Um so yeah, that's probably where it is at the moment. But I would say at this point in time it does it doesn't look good. Uh, for his for his kind of future at Villa Park, Gerard might look at it and and, and see him as a dispensable player. There've been, there been rumours that you know Traore is a player that um, he might uh, he might decide to move on. He's on the fringes, and so clearly you know it could be you know fringe players are looking uh, 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 are the ones that he'll be looking to move on first, and he certainly counts among them. Do you know what I say to that? I say if you, what you just said was a tweet, I'd be retweeting <laughs> it and putting the word "this" above it with a little hand emoji pointing down. That's it. That's the tweet. That was our spicy question, and both George and me are hoping that Morgan Sanson can show what he's made of in the next few months at Aston Villa. If you have an opinion on that, should we keep him or sell him in the winter, you can email us at allvillanofiller at gmail.com or get in touch on Twitter, Facebook or Instagram. Okay, let's look ahead to Villa's next game, which is on Wednesday night against Manchester City. You know who? might make his return to Villa Park. Can we make it a night to forget for him? And Man City, Frankie, can we? We're on a roll, but it is Man City. Who are you referring to? Jao Cancelo? Or... <laughs> well, it's another one we need to worry about for sure. Uh, yeah. if, if fantasy football is anything to go by. Yeah. So Wednesday night is going to be, I think, absolutely quite a visceral atmosphere. Yeah, I think, I think it will be, yeah. Uh, do you remember the Gareth Barry game when he came back with Man City about 10 years ago? I do. Was that the one we won when Darren Bent scored on his debut? I think it I might think it have was, been. Yeah, was it, it the might 1-0 have been. at Villa Park? That was a yeah. nightmare, wasn't it? Yeah. It might have been. There was definitely a game. I remember some guy like screaming at him when he was taking a corner, throwing some like fake dollar notes at him. <laughs> um, to be quite frank, I always felt with Barry, he'd been with us for such a long time. I never really cared at the end when he went i was like well he's been with us for more than a decade he's probably not got ages left in his career like whatever but Mm -hmm. i mean obviously i don't want to see players leave but i could understand that whereas i think the you know the greenish one was was much more raw and the emotions are still there i think for a lot of fans so i think wednesday night i think there's a lot of us who are probably quite fed up with man city uh, and then taking our best players, probably a bit fed up that there was no punishment for the Super League attempt. So I wouldn't be surprised if Wednesday night's quite a visceral atmosphere and probably not one that 
I think any team, opposing team would particularly enjoy playing in. Um, no matter how good they are, they're an absolutely fantastic side. They, they, are they the best team in the world? Yeah, probably. Um, I th- yeah, I think they probably are, to be honest. They're more, you know, Chelsea, Bayern, I don't know. So, yeah, that's they probably are. And so that's that's the level of talent we're playing against. Cancelo's been excellent this season. Um, he seems to be a real danger man. He comes forward into quite awkward positions between the lines and sends in some nice passes into the area. Um, Raheem Sterling's come back into form as well. Um, I have a funny feeling he's going to play and that Grealish will not even appear at Villa Park. I, mm. I just have a feeling Guardiola might just think, do you know what, it's not worth all that sort of distraction attention and distraction mm. that, you know, they've got on fine without him. I don't yeah. think they ever even needed to sign him. As sensational no. players, I've always thought Grealish is. I don't think Man City needed him. Um, but, you know, hey-ho, 100 million quid, right? I'll take that then. It's quite um, astounding, isn't it, that they wouldn't spend that amount of money on a rotation player. I mean, I know I know it's, I know it's that's the Man City's policy anyway. They, they rotate their players and, and that's what they do. But I, I still find it difficult to wrap my head around that, that they're willing to break the British transfer record to sign a player that they don't yeah. even play that often. <laughs> seems, seems, seems crazy. Well, incredible, really. Man City obviously will probably dominate possession. But, you know, something that I take good thinking from is that, you know, when I interviewed uh, the Rangers uh, podcaster Alex Anderson last week about Steven Gerrard, um, go back and listen to that. It's really interesting hearing from him. One thing he said that was when Rangers were the underdogs Mm -hmm. and played in Europe against the likes of Benfica, Porto, Gerrard apparently showed what his best. um, he, He almost performed better as a manager being an underdog. So I think that, Gerard will be really up for this. I think he'll have the team really up for this. Everybody's, you know, it's got it's it's the whether he's there or not, it's the Grealish return essentially. It's the first time City have been to Villa Park since this since we sold. They took they bought Grealish from us. So whatever happens, the players, the fans under the floodlights, it's going to be a really tough atmosphere. I think, and I, I think, you know, the City players are sensational. They'll create chances. They'll almost certainly get a goal at some point. But uh, I really think we can do them some damage, actually, on Wednesday night. Well, we know that they're, they're not unbeatable. It was only a few weeks ago that, that Palace beat them uh, 2-0, was it, in the end? Yeah. You know, away. So yeah. they, they, they can be got at. They're not, they're not completely infallible. There are chinks in their armour. Um, and, I, and I think you're right. I mean, you know, <laughs> let's just put it this way. I'd much rather have Steven Gerrard as a manager in this situation than I would Dean Smith. Oh, really? I think Gerrard... Mm. Yeah, absolutely. For, for for big games like this, under the lights, getting fans kind of up and going and uh, and excited, you know. Smith, he, he 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 obviously celebrated when we scored, and and you show you you saw kind of the, the passion that um that he 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 brought to the touchline. But mm. with Gerard, it's like he's he's like a million miles a miles an hour. I think he's so he's so engrossed in the match, mm. um, and I think he's such a sort of a galvanizing figure. Um, and you know, he, he's not, he's a bit like, I think he, he's a little bit like, uh, uh, I mean, Simeone, I'm not comparing him to Simeone just yet, but I do think he can be that kind of like us against them kind of mentality. Yeah. I, think he, I think he like, he wants to foster something like that. Like, you know, uh, I, I don't care if other teams don't like us. I don't care if other fans don't like us or whatever. Like I don't, I, all I care about is winning games of football with, with you know the club I'm managing, mm. um, and I think there are elements of that to Gerard's personality, 
um you know in, in his inter- in his interviews he, he doesn't really crack too many jokes he's no, like doesn't, quite, doesn't, yeah he's quite deadpan you know he's 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 just kind of like you know yeah we're, we're yeah we're ready we're hungry we want to win we're gonna win we're gonna give 100 percent. we're gonna fight all this sort of stuff and i think for for, for games like man city where he, he he looks at them and he must think oh god i really want to beat i really want to beat this team yeah. i really want to prove that our players a good, a good enough. I want to, I want to prove that I'm a good enough manager. He's, he's obviously a really ambitious bloke. Clearly, I mean, he showed that as a player, and I think he's showing that as a manager as well. Mm. He just wants to kind of like sink his teeth into these games and just really, really go for it. Yeah. Um. So, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he puts out a relatively attacking formation or keeps the same kind of formation that mm. uh, we've been playing. I don't think he'll go to a back five, for example, and try and keep it, you know, try and nick a goal or something. I think he'll go toe to toe with Man City and just see how we do. Mm. Um, and hopefully with the crowd behind, hopefully with the crowd behind us, um, we can, uh, we can do something. Yeah. I'm kind of hoping uh, Guardiola, what's he been accused of? Overthinking <laughs> yeah. in Champions League finals and stuff. So, you know, who knows, maybe we'll overthink it and start um, Edison in centre midfield or something. <laughs> uh, to to counter marvelous to come, but uh, yeah, I think we just have to be defensively really solid. But from what I saw today from our defense on and the way our midfield covered our defense, um, I feel quite confident in how we can deal with that. Um, obviously, it's a different level of opponent, but we're going to have to ride our luck. And when the chances come, as they will, we'll create chances, uh, take them. I think I'm going to say. I'm going to be ultra optimistic and not be a doom-mongering Maguire. I'm going to say it's going to be 2-2. I would absolutely take a 2-all, definitely. Yeah. That would be very nice. It's difficult, isn't it? Because Man City, Liverpool, Chelsea, they're the three that are battling for the title. It's so close at the top, isn't it? They can't afford to drop Liverpool after their win. They can't afford to drop points. And I think it's not like they're walking away with a league and they they can sort of sort of drop off a little bit, play at 90% or 80% and be okay. I think Guardiola will use kind of the league table as a real motivating factor. Mm. I think, you know, we're, we're in a dogfight um, this season. Yeah. So, you know, 100% every game, please. <laughs> and yeah, I just, I just, yeah, I, 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 um, I don't think, I don't think, you know, we'll get battered or anything, but I just think that it might be a, might be a bit of a bridge too far, just to, the, the quality that they have yeah. and, you know, who knows? He might play Grealish. He might bring him on after a few minutes. Last and, um, minute equaliser. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Because because that could, that could work two ways, couldn't it? I think I would have if I was him. I'd put Grealish on the bench, hmm. see how the game goes, and if and if you're struggling, bring him on. Because you just think Grealish, obviously, and we all know he's a Villa fan, but he'll get he'll get dogs abuse, and I, I, he'll 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 want he'll want to he'll want to score and inevitably you always find players that play against the former clubs do score mm. or do something to kind of help their new team so i think he'll probably be in a, be on the bench and, and come off and just inevitably do something i can just see it happening so i'm gonna say i'm gonna say 3-1 city unfortunately but um but i do th- but i do think that we'll be competitive and we'll put in We'll put in a good performance. I don't think we'll just wilt, um, but I, I just think their sheer quality will um, will be a bit too much for us. Yeah, that's fair enough. It'd be, it's a funny one with Grealish, isn't it? Because he's still he's still posting pictures of his time at Villa and uh, still showing his affection towards Aston Villa in various social media posts. 
so it does make me wonder if he realizes quite what the reaction might be on mm. Wednesday. Um, I mean, look, I, I, I personally wouldn't be going after him because I just think that time ultimately time will be a healer on that front. Ashley Young, 10 years ago, we we're all very angry at and look at us yeah, now. Yeah. So, you know, Dwight yeah. York 20 years ago. I just think Grealish did so much in his time with Villa that I, I personally wouldn't go after him, really. Um, but, I, you know, I can understand the raw emotions. Um, I think the tweet he wrote last year, obviously, when he signed his new contract, My City, My Home, I think that's what has really upset a lot of people is that a year later he, he went off and um, straight up to City. Um, so I, I'm not sure how he thinks the crowd's going to react, really. And if he does get a really viscerally quite a nasty reception. I do wonder how it will affect him really on the pitch. He, he's always struck me as someone, someone who just like allows it all to wash over him. And he doesn't really, you know, doesn't let anything really bother him. And that's why he's probably such a high level footballer is it doesn't bother him. But mm. this, this is slightly different. It's probably, it's not a scenario I've ever experienced. So I just wonder how, how he's going to, that's going to go really if, if he does play. Um, yeah. Very, um, very interesting. I can see it now. Ball pops to Grealish, sticks it in the back of the back net of the to make net. it three-one City, and then he's he's giving it the, the you know the, the prayer sign to the, <laughs> yeah. to the hot end. Oh, don't don't see yeah. yeah. Sorry, don't boo me, don't boo me. People running on the pitch. <laughs> it gets punched again. It'll be yeah. God, uh, please, please <laughs> don't do that. Please don't do that, fans. Please. You look closely. Like, hold on a minute. Is that is that my neighbour? <laughs> Okay, thank you everybody for listening. I've been your host, George Zielinski. Frankie, I will see you later. See you in a bit. And it's goodbye from me. We'll be back to review the City game. Fingers crossed we're not pummeled. <laughs> but until then, come on, Super Aston Villa. Hold up. 